Blog Talk Radio. May I have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, the 40th President of the United States. Matthews, UPI. Uh, Mr. President, earlier this year you said that you would travel anywhere in the world to further the cause of peace. Uh, considering the worsening situation in the Mideast, are you planning a trip there in the near future? We have no definite plans as of yet to go to the Mideast, but we do plan maybe perhaps in a couple of years if the settlement and the agreements have not been reached by that time. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Paul Oraki from Honolulu News. Mr. President, the Senate has voted to proceed with development of the neutron bomb. Don't you feel this will impede further progress in the salt talk with the Russians? Quite contrary to that fact, the matter of uh, nuclear existence deals with atoms and atomic weapons, not with neutron weapons. The neutron bomb is a hold cost weapon. It is not in the cellular realm of reality. We're trying to hold it in place and it's a neo, uh, neo-pacifist weapon. Clarence <laughs> Richards, AP. Yes, thank you, Mr. President. I'd like to ask you a question, which I'm sure the American people would like to know. Do you feel that within the fiscal year, the unemployment rate will drop below the 5% level? Well, as you know, the 5% level pertains mostly to, if I may say, white America. In the black America, the minority situation is up to as high as 45%. <laughs> And we plan to, with all our efforts, try to lower that rate to about 20% in the black areas, and of course it will be lower in the white areas, of course. We're trying to do this and merge a, a United States. Mr. President, Mr. President. Yes. Uh, Arthur Williams, Chicago Sun-Herald. You've just okayed a $250 million increase in our space program. What I'd like to know is the main reason you did this so we can finally recruit black people for the space program? I feel it's time that black people went to space. Uh, <laughs> white people have been going to space for years. Uh, and spacing out on us, as you might say. And I feel with the, the projects that we have in mind, we're going to send explorer ships through other galaxies. And no longer will they have the same type of music, Beethoven, Brahms, and Tchaikovsky. And now we have little Miles Davis and Charlie Parker. We're going to have some different kind of things in there. That's right. Yes, yes, yes ma'am. Roberta Davies, Jet Magazine. <laughs> Mr. President, on your list of candidates for director of the FBI, are you including the name of Huey Newton? Yes, I figure that Huey Newton is best qualified. He knows the ins and outs of the FBI. If anybody knows the ins and outs. And he would be an excellent director. Yo, blood. <laughs> yeah, brother Bell from Ebony Magazine. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Assalamu alaikum. All right.
What you looking at, Snow White? Uh, brother, about blacks and the labor force. I want to know what you're going to do about having more black brothers as quarterbacks in the National Football Hunter League. Okay. Right on. I plan not only to have lots of black quarterbacks, but we're going to have black coaches and black owners of teams. As long as it's going to be football, going to be some black in it somewhere. Right. Doing something All right. I'm tired of this mess that's been going down. Right. You know what I mean? Ever since the Rams got rid of James Harris, I've done my job in the You know what I'm talking about? So we're going to get down on the case now. Yeah, what, what is it? Mr. President. Yeah, what? <laughs> Mr. Bigby, Mississippi Herald. Sit down. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Mrs. Fenton Carlton Macker, Christian Women's News. Mr. President, since you've become president, you've been seen and photographed on the arms of black women. Oh. What? Frankly, sir, you've been courting an awful lot of white women. Will this continue? As long as I can keep it up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, why do you think they call it the White House? <laughs> Yes, yes, now, your predecessor, you know, President Carter, now his mother was a nurse before What is he... your question about, sir? <laughs> my question, I'm leading up to my question. The question is about your mother. You want to be... <laughs> The man has a right to ask the question. Please. Please. Let's have some decorum here. Now, what is the question about you, my dear mother? Mother? Okay. Now, what, what now your question? mother was a maid in Atlanta. Yeah. Now, after your tenure, if your mother goes back to being a maid, right? Will your mama do my house? <laughs> One of the most important things, because the subconscious mind uh, really has fundamental programs of life that we acquire from our parents, our family, our community uh, between uh, the last trimester of pregnancy and the first seven years. So this is why nature created the first seven years of a child's life to download how to be a member of a family and a society and a culture by strictly observing other people. It's actually a brain function. It's a equivalent of hypnosis. Yes. Okay. So the fundamental programs your subconscious are not yours. The conscious mind is yours. That's the creative mind. Well, the issue is that the conscious mind uh, can travel in time. What are you doing next week? Yeah. Your mind lets go the moment goes to next week. What'd you do last week? Let's go the moment and you move into last week. Or I say, I think it's something in your head. Uh, and the moment you're thinking. You're not paying attention. Well, this is what the function of the subconscious comes in. 
when you're not paying attention, you go to autopilot. So it's not like you're walking down the street and you have a thought and then stop. Like that. No, you continue walking. Yeah, but you're not paying attention. So it's a subconscious that does all the jobs from walking to driving the car. Uh, and so why is this relevant? Because when we're not paying attention and we default to the subconscious, we, start, we play the programs that are in the subconscious. And then I go, yeah, but the programs in the subconscious are primarily not yours. They came from other people. The, the, and most of them, as psychologists tell us, most of the programs we get are disempowering, self-sabotaging, and limiting. And yes. the relevance about that is this. If I'm going to play those programs, then I'm, by definition, I'm going to be shooting myself in the foot. The reason why you play the subconscious programs is because the conscious mind's engaged with thinking, which is 95% of the time or more. And that means 95% of your behavior is invisible to you. And why I really wanted to emphasize this so much is this, because we believe we're victims. Oh, you know, I really wanted to be successful. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to have a great relationship. And... It's not working out. Yeah. And then you say, well, that was my intention, and it's not working, so therefore the world's against me. And then we go into victims like, God, I really wanted it, and it didn't happen. And I just wanted people to wake up because it basically is this. It's not the world against you at all. The world will give you everything. The issue is you're not operating from your conscious mind, except 5% at the most. And so your life is really a reflection of your subconscious programming. Now you say to me, well, I got programmed from the last trimester of pregnancy, the first seven years, so I was being programmed when I was one and two and three. And I go, absolutely. And you say, but what, what were the programs? I wasn't there. I have no idea what the hell the programs are. And I go, here's the neat part. 95% of your life is coming from the subconscious. So all you have to do is look at your life and just look at it and say, for what? I say, what comes to you that you want and it comes to you easily, you have programs to allow that to happen. But what you struggle with, what you work hard on, what you, you have to put a lot of effort into, why are you working so hard? And the answer is simple, because you have an invisible program that is sabotaging you from that point. So now all of a sudden you say, well, what do I need to change? I say, well, look at your life yes. and tell me what you're having trouble with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's the, the, the direct expression of a program that's not supporting you. There's always been a belief that the conscious and the subconscious minds are one and the same. So if I educate my conscious mind, then my subconscious mind should automatically know what the heck I just did. Yeah. Right? So then I say, well, yeah, guess what? How many self-help books did you read? And I go, oh, I read all these self-help books. I say, now that you read them, did your life change? And the answer is, no, not really. But I'm really smart because if you ask me any questions about the self-help book, I can answer it. I say, well, what's the issue? And the issue is this. The conscious mind is creative. So, yeah, I could read the book. I could watch this video with you in it. I could uh, even just go, aha, and the conscious mind could accept that and learn it. But the subconscious mind does not learn that way. And that has been the problem because we educate the conscious mind to get really smart and our life stays exactly the same as it is. And the issue is why? Because it doesn't translate from the conscious to the subconscious. Because the subconscious learns in, well, three to four fundamental ways. Number one, the first way it learned seven years was hypnosis because the brain was operating at a low vibrational frequency and just downloading what it saw. After you're seven, how do you learn? Habituation. How'd you learn the ABCs or the times table? You had to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and finally you got it and then you know how to do it. You want to drive a car? You have to practice and practice and then you learn how to do it. So if you want to change the subconscious mind, hypnosis is number one, that works. Uh, number two, 
repetition, habituation, yes. create a habit. And at first it seems like a struggle because it's new to the subconscious mind, but hey, you didn't learn ABCD the first time you said it, you know, you That's had to right. do it again and again. But after you do it for a repetition period, it will be so natural that if you're not doing it, your subconscious mind go, hey, what's happening? We're not doing it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's really good. We overcome that. Um, a third way, which is um, very, uh, some people get it and it's very powerful, but I wouldn't recommend it, is tremendous emotional shock. <laughs> 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 Boom! Something happens in your life and it's so dramatic that after that moment, you're not going to be the same person. The subconscious got, got it right there. Okay. Yeah. And the newer one and the better one is um, a whole new field of uh, uh, belief change modalities, which are also associated with what's called energy psychology. Yes. Uh, uh, and these are wonderful uh, because basically uh, it's a form of super learning. And what's neat about it, the conventional things like hypnosis or habituation, there's a time element that takes a long time. Yeah. But these new belief change modalities, uh, like a super learning experience, you can change a belief you've had your whole life, 50 years, and change it in 10 minutes. Yeah. And so this is really, it's really, it's a new type of psychology that's coming in, but it's really necessary because, as they say, uh, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yep. We're running into a world that has a lot of necessity to change very, very quickly. So uh, we're really happy to see that there are ways of changing without going through all that anxiety and stress that we can do it really quickly. My favorite one is the one that I use because I'm the most familiar with it, but there's yeah. many of them in my books. I give a whole list, but yeah. the one I, I use is called Psych-K, like the abbreviation of psychology. Yeah. It actually represents psychological kinesiology. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's an exercise where you, you get your right and your left brain hemispheres to work in harmony, which they don't do on a normal day-by-day -day basis. And when you get them to work in harmony, that's called brain synchronization, a window sort of opens up and you can drop in a new belief in five minutes. You know, it's really fun because you say, well, what if you can release these programs? And that's uh, the story of the matrix where I say, well, I take the red pill, I get out of the program. And I say, yeah, but in real life, every time we've taken that red pill, I say, what's the red pill in real life? And the answer is falling in love. Falling in love with the person or falling in love with a, uh, your creativity or whatever it is, falling in love. Because when you fall in love, what you're doing is so captivating and so engrossing and so desirable, you don't let your conscious mind wander. So the first time in your life, your conscious mind's staying present. And I said, well, why is that important? Conscious mind, wishes, desires, and aspirations. If you're operating from that mind, you manifest your wishes and desires. So my conclusion for all of this blah, blah, blah that I'm giving you is simply this. What if you go into the subconscious mind and change the programs in the subconscious mind so they reflect the wishes and desires of your conscious mind. What would that mean? And I'll tell you what it means. You'll live in a honeymoon for every day of your life on this planet for a simple reason. Yeah. If my conscious mind with wishes and desires begins to wander and I default into the subconscious and is playing my wishes and desires, I never left the honeymoon. Most people's stresses are not real uh, immediate emergency stresses at all. They're beliefs of a fear of that they won't have something, they won't have a job, they won't have food, they won't have a friend. Uh, and it's not that they don't have them right now, they're thinking about, oh, that happens! And that's where the stress comes from, and that's why 90% of the people are in fear because they, they recognize that their future is uncertain, but rather than seeing it in a positive way, they, they have a, a, you know, this image of a negative work, thing. Work it all out. And, uh, it, yeah. and it's really interesting because, remember, when you fall in love and you get out of the programming, you create heaven on earth. Well, if it wasn't for the programming, everybody would have heaven on earth. 
Yes. So if we can change the programming, then heaven on earth is available. you here because I think this is a question that comes up a lot, especially when it comes to talking about the soul and what yes. role the actual soul plays with us. You know, we have the mind, the body, and some yeah. would say the soul and the connection that it plays in our transformation as becoming gods and goddesses yes. walking on this earth. What is that connection between the soul and, and, and what do we need that for in our transformation? The soul is all there really is. Everything else is a projection of the soul. And this particular soul, when it starts to wake itself up, which is a sun, S-U-N-S-O-N. Right. You see what I'm saying? A star. Every man, every woman is a star. Whenever it starts to wake itself up, it, it, it does various things. Some souls are still asleep. So, therefore, in place of it, the ego exists and su supposes itself to be the individual. That's most people. But then, but then when the soul starts to wake up, it starts to send signals to the consciousness to remember itself. So you start reading, you start studying, and you start, you know, going into this particular consciousness. Now, there's several distractions in there because when the soul is trying to do it, the ego is still involved. And it's a hard process because you can get distracted again, which means the ego can go, hey, this soul is waking up, but I still love it. I want to be, I want to exist. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a part of this knowledge that ultimately will wake this soul up, and I'm going to have this person get locked in one of the areas of the knowledge. And it will suppose itself it's being knowledge, but because it is locked into one area, that's nothing but a form of ego. That's why they say master nothing. So the story goes in the in the in the Holy Grail. They got a a a, a, a knight called Parzival. Parzival is a knight that was raised in the country by his mother. His father was a knight. The father gets killed. The mother says it's a horror story. Basically, the father was a knight. The father gets killed. The mother says I don't want him to be no knight. So she raises him way in the woods, and he plays with nature and everything. And so one day. He's out there in the woods, and he sees a shining knight in a silver shining suit. And he said, oh, my God, that's God. So he runs and tells his mom, he runs and tells his mama, say, Mom, I want to be a knight. And she almost faints. But she knows he's getting to be 18 now, and she can't hold him forever. So she has one of these plans. She takes him and, and shows him up a court jester's uniform and says, this is the uniform of a knight. So her plan is when he comes there looking like a clown at King Arthur's court, <laughs> they, they will laugh him out of the court and he will run back home and never want to be a knight again. So he rides off to King Arthur's court. As soon as he rides off, she falls off dead. And the reason why she falls out dead is because when you're on this bridge, if you try to go backwards, you fall, fall, fall. You can never go backwards. You can never go home. So now, so what happens here is he gets to the court, night's court, and they are laughing and laughing and laughing at him. 
with this court jester in such a ridiculous outfit till it gets the ear of King Arthur. Thus, he he's able to go into, it works the opposite. He's able to go right in front of King Arthur because of this funny outfit. And later on, he ends up becoming a knight, but all of the, this is, now this is the key, all of the knights were proficient and masters, but they were always masters at one discipline. Right. Which means that you are still locked in a box. Whereas Parzival, because he was not raised into knighthood, and came from humble origins, he was able to get the Holy Grail when the other ones were not able to get the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is, i.e., his own soul and rise to the God level. That's what the mystery is. He is able to get the Holy Grail for the simple fact that by him not mastering the discipline, he was able to ride through all of the disciplines. You see what I'm saying? And get the, and, and get the, his own soul. So mastering, you master something, but if you master one section, you're only inflating your ego. By him being the divine fool, which is the tarot card, it's called the fool. And it is the only tarot card that can be used throughout the entire deck. It masters all. So that's what the humility is. So in so many words, you have to trick the ego to keep letting you go. So give me an example. Um, back in 08, back in 98, I, I produced my dark side lectures and started explaining all this stuff based on the dark side. Right. Now, I became famous with it, but I could have used it as a theology and say, that's what I'm an expert at, and that's all I'm going to do. Right. And I would have got stuck. Hell, I'm talking about fucking archangels now <laughs> in the relationship. So you never get stuck. You never turn anything into a theology. And that is the reason why most of these systems that people initiate in, they're never going to work because they are only a fragment of something. And ultimately, the ego can latch on to that. So in so many words, the soul sends this particular information so it can get to know itself, so it can remember who it is. You see what I'm saying? But the ego is there for distraction. But the soul is all there really is. And it's an entire maze between the soul and you. And you. And so what you have to ultimately do is to surrender and give up and say, I don't exist. So what I had to do is I had to get rid of Bobby Hemmings. Right. You see, and all that was dear to me, you see. That way you can eliminate the possibility of the ego latching on. Bobby Hemmings ain't around now for the ego to latch on. You see what I'm saying? I ain't got no goddamn scruples. <laughs> None. No scruples whatsoever. You see what I'm saying? Right. You know. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Calls. Lick, lick. 
Personally, niggas rather work for the man than to work with me Just so they can pretend they're on my level That shit is irking to me Pride always going for the fall, almost certainly It's disturbing what I gross What I gross Survey says you not even close Everybody's bosses till the time to pay for the office To them invoices separate the men from the boys over here, we measure success by how many people successful next to you. Here we say you broke if everybody gets broke except for you. Pow. Radio Network on the planet. Evolution Radio. It's a life of hustle and survival. I remember when my, my ninth grade teacher asked me, Lisa, what do you want to be when you grow up? 
And see, I have to fight the Harlem Crip 30s every day to get home from school, so I looked at her and said a lie. I took an English class. I got a fail in English. And my English teacher said in front of the entire class, Lisa, you have to be the weakest writer I've ever met in my entire life. Don't worry, my story is good. Don't feel sorry for me. I got seven under my belt. And then the same year, my speech teacher said, after giving me a D minus, I knew I, I knew I had an A in speech. Like, come on. He obviously didn't agree with me. He gave me a D minus and said, quote unquote, Miss Nichols, I recommend you never speak in public that you get a death job. So here's the beauty of that story. Other people's perception of you ain't none of your business. Everything you've ever been through, set through, rolled through, cried through, prayed through, everything is a setup for your next best season. And the way you forgive the perceivingly unforgivable, the way you love the perceivingly unlovable, the way you accept what seems to be unacceptable, the way you embrace after you've been betrayed, the way you do that is the way you will lead us. Your light belongs to everyone who will be illuminated because you were bold enough and obedient enough to let your light shine. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And every time you cross someone's path and they can't handle your light, you know those people that they try to give you reasons why you should tone it down a bit. That they would tell Cheryl not to sing so loud. Right, right, right. They would tell me to shut up in class. They tell you you're kind of strange. You know those people. Dream snatchers, vision busters. Don't be mad at them. They can only love you to the capacity in which they're able to love themselves. Don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them. Pray for them. Love them. Because they're dealing with themselves like we're dealing with us. But I want you to remember that you're 70 watts. Your 70 watts has to be turned way up because you got way more to give us. It ain't over yet. Don't put a period where God put a comma. And when you turn it up to 159 watts, you know, you keep turning it up. You like, you stop dimming your light. You say today is the first day of the rest of my life. You turn it up. You're going to find people that can't handle your light. And before today, you might have dimmed your light. You might have shrunk a little bit. You might have tempered it down a little bit. But after today, I want you to see this. After today, turn the lights up. After today, you don't dare dim your light. As your light gets brighter, as your light gets brighter, you're going to disrupt some people. And they're going to tell you your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Then you just look at them and say, well, I'm not dimming my light. I'm just going to hand you some shade. I'm just saying, why don't you start carrying around an extra pair of shades?
Always wanted to be famous, just being real, yeah, just being honest. My haters won't always be nameless, give them no cloud, I give them no power. Creators look different than ancient, sooner than later, I will be ours. I keep an eye out for the numbers, I stay in contact, synchronization. To infinity, even beyond it, I am a common, no destination. A lot of things I am above, and there are a 